All right, now let's look at Luke 12. We're going to read 29 through 32 from the Message Bible. And it's up there in readable format. Uh, this is a great... Why, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Okay, so everybody just relax. I'm not going to be too, too bad. Okay? <laughs> not to be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. Isn't that powerful? God really wants to get us in a position to receive from Him. Okay? Now, what He's talking about in context here is, is life, is, is what's going on in life. And everybody has stuff going on in their life, right? Just uh, stuff that's, that's difficult right now. Um, if you haven't been going through a hard time um, in the recent past, We'll, you need to come up so we can pray for you because your, your day is certainly upon you. Uh, well, I'm, just, I'm not saying what kind of day. I'm just saying your day is upon you. You can decide what kind of day that's going to be. People who don't know God and the way He works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how He works. Okay, you know God, so... We're starting to get some revelation on how God works, right? Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. That's what we need to be steeping ourselves in. You'll find that all your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friends. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. That's powerful, isn't it? The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. So those three words, God, God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Okay? Now, God reality is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of heaven, okay, and his righteousness. It's Matthew six thirty three. So that's really what the Lord is really asking us to steep ourselves in. Now, I feel like, you know, we've all been in a time where we've been really challenged by things, and we've had a lot of cares upon, upon us. Um, just, you know, our church has had a lot of cares upon us. Uh, people's personal lives, they've had cares laid upon them. And then, you know, our nation has some serious uh, cares. The world does, and the world's in an uproar right now. But God is saying, this is what you have to do with your life. He wants to encourage us towards something greater than this world. This is how we're going to win this battle, is, is we're going to win it spiritually. We're going to win it by being spiritual people and not be people who are overcome by what's happening in the natural realm. Amen? And so God wants to encourage us towards that. The next one is God's initiative. Uh, Jesus, it says in uh, John five nineteen and 20, only did what he saw the Father doing. That's so important now for true and lasting success is for us to learn what the Father's doing, us to really focus on what is the Father doing. That's what we're going to do. We're going to join him in it. And so we have extremes. People have extremes. Some people are on the extreme. They're just trying to do so much, and, and they're not really doing what the Father's doing. And then some people are extremely the other way. They're doing nothing, okay, and have every excuse in the world, but, and they're not doing what the Father's doing. So we have to really find that place where we are, are on target with what we sense in our heart the Father's revealing to us. And then is God's provisions, uh, as we seek first the kingdom, as we seek to do God's will, all these things will be added unto us. And he's talking about all the natural things, all the things that people are seeking after, uh, that God really wants to release that to uh, each of us. Amen. 
So this year we've had a lot of our plans frustrated, okay? Uh, and we've had a lot of unmet expectations, correct? Two people have. Wow. Man, am I in the right church here? I feel like I have got my brains beat out this year. I'm just trying to get real. I've had a lot of my expectations that didn't work out. Okay, and everybody, it seems like when I talk to you one-on-one, that seems to be the thing that people have on their heart. What we thought would happen has not happened. Okay, God has been trying people's hearts. Okay, that's what He's been doing this year. It's, he's been sifting people and dividing our thoughts and intentions. That's what it says in Hebrews, Hebrews 4.12. In Luke 2.35, he told, Simeon told Mary, a sword is going to divide your soul. And so a lot of people, and, and that literally happened to her as Jesus grew up and became a man and became a person who ministered. A lot of people have been sifted. A lot of people, God is sifting and trying the thoughts and intentions of people's hearts. That's what he's doing right now. He's trying to, reveal, so we can, not that he needs to see it, but he, we need to see what our intent is and what our thoughts of really what our hearts really is. And I know there's an old saying, God offends the mind to reveal the heart. Used many times in church services when the Holy Spirit starts moving and it's offensive to people, right? Uh, and a lot of people get offended when the Holy Spirit moves. Um, and that really reveals your heart. I mean, I think that's a great way that God wants to reveal to you where you really stand with Him. It's when people do stuff that offends you in church. They act too wild or they, you know, just do something that you think they shouldn't do and it really turns out later to be... God doing it. And so we long for those days when the church is just an offense again in the earth. Because Christ was the, one of the greatest offenses that ever walked on the face of, of the earth. Uh, God has been repositioning people this year. Okay? And he's, what he's trying to do is reposition people, get them in the proper position for what he is going to be doing in the earth because this year, these, this season has been a season of closing out, okay? A closing out of things of this past spiritual season. It's been like an ending of these things. And so God has been trying to reposition people. Again, you get these extremes in this. Some people take their repositioning in their own hands and just do based on the natural, the natural desires or circumstances that are not comfortable to, to them versus allowing God to to reveal himself uh, and be strategically repositioned by God. You see, that's the key is for God to strategically reposition you and have you in a place where, you know, you can really be in the right place at the right moment when God begins to release what he's going to do in the earth in the new season, the new spiritual season that God is bringing us all into. Are y'all following this? So reacting to circumstances is not good. Reacting to your situations is not what we want to do. We, we don't want to react to those things. You know, we want to hear the mind of the Lord on them. So we can not be hindered in what God is going to do ne- next. God is, going, is God is a God of hope. God is a God who wants to do some things. Amen? And even though our expectations have not happened in our life, and God has not done what we thought He would do, and our plans have been frustrated, nevertheless, we have a God who has a future in front of Himself. He has a plan and a purpose for every person on this earth. And and He is saying at the end of this time, there's a rainbow of hope that people are going to begin to see. 
at the end of this stormy season that people have walked through, there's a rainbow of hope that He's going to reveal for our lives. And He's interested in getting us in a place where we can see that rainbow of hope. You know? And so I believe that's the, the thing that God is, is saying. Now, let's look over at Joel, uh, Joel, Joel, oil, Joel, right? Um, believe me, this is part of the Enoch message. <laughs> I'm just sort of going a long way. Joel 2:23 through 24. Children of Zion, celebrate. Be glad in your God. Listen to this. He's given you a teacher to train you how to live right. Teaching, capital T, like rain out of heaven. Showers of words to refresh and nourish your soul. Just as he used to do. Now, I think that's significant. Just as he used to do. Now, many people have experienced in the past, you know, God doing this very thing in their life. And, you know, they don't feel like they're experiencing this right now. And plenty of food for your body. Silos full of grain. Cask of wine and barrels of olive oil. Isn't that powerful? That's really good. So what I saw... A couple weeks ago, I saw into the spiritual realm, and I saw the Lord Jesus himself setting things in order, okay? Setting things in order, like a man getting his house in order, a man getting his house ready for something. And I saw him doing that, and I began to, and then he gave me this scripture um, that he told me that there was going to be... Um, provision for people, both in the natural and the spiritual. Okay, that's what he told me. There's provision coming for people. He, that's what he's getting in order. He's getting our provision ready for us. Right, is anybody believing this? You see, if you don't believe this kind of thing, then you're just going to be in a lot of trouble because Jesus is the answer for us. You know, we really had to, we had to reach back into the heavenly realm and Okay, well, I'm not going to try to push on you too hard, but there's a reconnection with the spiritual world that God is looking for people to do right now. Okay, a lot of people have gotten disconnected from the spiritual world. And God is saying this is part of what He wants to do. Part of Him getting things back in order in our life is reconnecting us with the Spirit. Uh, yes, uh, He gave me Zechariah 9.11. Let me read that to you. This is out of some version of the Bible. Probably need, I'm just going to really give you all a lot of versions of the Bible. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free. This speaking of Jesus. I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. You know what the waterless pit is for some people? It's financial drought. For some people, it's health. Well, there's no life. Water, water speaks of life. Okay? For some people, it's, it's just your spiritual life. You're living in a waterless pit. You, you're, your life spiritually, you're, it's dry. It's, it's, there's no, it's, it feels dead to you. I will set you, because of the blood of your covenant, this is speaking of the blood of Christ, because of that, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. I want you to receive that. Fresh grace is being released for the new normal. Everybody say new normal. Someone, I think I might have told you all this, but someone said 
Byron, I'm praying for river life. Did I tell you all this? I'm praying for river life that everything would get back to normal. And I said, I appreciate their prayers, but there's no back to normal. There's a new normal, okay, for our church. There's a new normal. Actually, I think there's a new normal for our nation. I think there's a, new, a whole new normal that God wants to release. And so I'm not interested in getting back to normal. I'm not interested in going back to the building and let's pick up where we left off at. I'm interested in where God has been trying to take us. Because there's no accidents in God. There's, no, there's a purpose in God. There's a, there's a reasoning behind things that, he, that, things that He allows to happen in our life. And so we'd be wise people to really, uh, you know, look for the new normal in our own personal lives. God has a new normal. And He really is looking for us to really step into that new normal. Are y'all following this? Uh, One of the things He told me to do is hold all your agendas with an open hand. Hold all your agendas with an open hand. Yeah, in other words, God has has this thing where He will mess with your agenda. Okay, and one of the problems that he has is when he comes for an agenda and we've grabbed it so hard that he can't get to it or he won't get to it until he gets you to open your hands. And most of the time, that's not a pleasant day when he's getting you to open your hand. Like, okay, open hand. Uh, I want to encourage you to hold your agenda with open hands, but also he said, be careful what you throw out. Okay, be careful what you throw out. Because a lot of times when you get into a stormy season like, Remember I shared a few weeks ago out of Acts 27 how they threw stuff out of the boat that should have never thrown out of the boat. Our tendency is to get rid of things that we shouldn't get rid of. Our tendency is to throw things out that God never meant for us to throw things out. See, we don't have the wisdom and the ability, the spiritual discernment to know what to keep and know what to get rid of. Unless it's just plain sin or rebellion. I mean, that's a dub, but we're really, I'm not really thinking about sin. I'm talking about our lives in general. We had to hold everything with an open hand. And you know what? When everything is said and done, what's in your hand, when it's all said and done, is what God meant for you to have. Unless you've thrown something out. Then you need to really pray, Lord, I need to get what I threw away because I've thrown something away. Because I found myself at times over the past, past few months uh, wanting to get rid of things. And God is saying, why do you want to get rid of that? Because, well, I don't know. It just seems like the right thing to do. Well, that's not the right thing to do. Okay? Are y'all, getting with, are y'all connecting with this? See, God's really interested in helping people right now. Okay? And so, you know, there's a reconnection. I want to say that one more time. There's a reconnection with the spiritual realm for people right now. If you want to reconnect spiritually, there's an open window, there's an open door for that. Right now, because I know a lot of people have gotten disconnected in their life. Uh, another thing, you know, if you read the Dear People Who Keep Company With God uh, that I wrote about mercy, did anybody read that? I really feel God is saying there's mercy available right now for people. Mercy available for what, what was. See, you know, none of us got through the past season perfect, Right? You know, none of us did it all right and said it all right and built the right things and did the right things. Some of us have some pretty serious issues in our life right now. And God is saying there's a door of mercy for us, okay, that where He can help us with that. He can, he can fix those things for us and get us out of our messes because He wants to release, you know, otherwise we're trying to carry things. From yesterday, we've got these burdens from yesterday that are, that are strapping us down and weighing us down. And God is, is interested in releasing and freeing people.
Has anybody else got any messes in their life besides me? i got some major messes I'm having to deal with. And I believe this thing, Jesus is going to release His teaching. The teacher, the teacher, the Lord Himself. That speaks of revelation. That speaks of God coming and teaching people and giving people. Have you ever noticed that you can, if somebody can speak, and it's like Christ Himself is speaking through them, and their teaching is, is alive, it's fresh, it's like fresh bread from heaven, and somebody else could take those same words and say them, and there's no life on them. You know, God's interested in releasing to us the ability to hear Him and to be able to get His teachings that He wants to release right now. Because He's the teacher. And He wants to come and, and begin to speak to people and teach you about situations that you need to be taught about. It's really the truth. And so as we begin to really say yes to the Lord right now and begin to really engage Him right now, things can begin to shift in your life. See, that's, that's really what I'm trying to tell you. There can, be a, there can begin to be a shift in everybody's life this morning, today, if we really allow the teacher himself, if we begin to really allow the Lord to begin to download to us. Now, some of, some of us, you know, are, are, are sort of got into the skeptical realm. Some of us have gotten into the skeptical realm. And being skeptical will never get you anywhere with God. You will spend the rest of your life being skeptical, 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 you know, about the things of God. Because God didn't do what you expected Him to do, so why should you believe again? Right? Why should I believe again, Lord? That's a lie from hell. Um, and this is the other thing I wanted to read, the Romans fifteen thirteen, in the New Living Translation. Anybody know about the New Living Translation? Anybody read that one? Raise your hand. That's a really good translation. Y'all need to check that out. Uh, it's, it's great. It's, uh, it's, it says something. And I love this verse here because uh, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will completely will fill you completely with joy and peace because of what? You trust in Him. Now, here's, this is what that says right there. It says if you don't have joy and if you don't have peace, there's a lack of trust in your life. Lots of times we're trying to get the peace of God. We're trying to get the joy of God. And he's saying this is the way you're going to get peace and joy. This is a sign that you're not trusting me. You know what I'm saying? You ever feel anxious about something? Of course you do. <laughs> You know, the Lord really is calling people to trust Him right now. He really is. Yeah. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's powerful, isn't it? Confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. See, God really is telling people to hope again, believe again, trust again. I mean, that's if you're going to come into the new normal, you've got to have hope. You've got to have a belief. You really do. No matter what's happening in your life, no matter like, well, God never answered my prayers. Well, probably did answer them, just not the way you wanted them to. When we, lose, when we lose hope, we have ceased to trust the Lord. 
Now, that's the truth. When you've lost hope, you have quit trusting Him. And God's calling us into trust. We've got to trust Him like now like we never have before. A few, well, it was last, last year, I was sitting on my porch one morning, and the Lord spoke to me, and He said, The road ahead for you is trusting me. Now, when the Lord tells you that, I'm just going to warn you right up point. You've got some rough days in front of you. And I said, well, Lord, what do you mean? I've spent my life trusting, trusting you. Of course, that was a dumb response to God. No, Byron, the road ahead for you is trusting me. And so little did I know what I was going to have to walk through. You know, little did I know. And know that, and that, see, this is one thing I learned many years ago, is you never know that you really trust the Lord until you're put in a situation where you really have to. When you're put in a circumstance, a situation in life where you really have to trust the Lord, then you find out how much you really trust Him. You know, and the grace of God gives us the ability to trust Him. But we have to choose it because the circumstances of life will tell you, will, will rob that from you. Are y'all getting this? I hope you are. I'm just sort of letting you in on my, on my walk, my, my, what God's saying. One of the things that I've noticed, uh, you know, about this hope thing is if you listen to prophetic people, prophets, especially prophets, they have been hammering away on this thing about hope for, for a few months now. They really have. Like, you know, they haven't been hammering, hammering on faith, okay? They haven't been hammering on miracles. They've been hammering on hope. They really have. They've been saying the body needs hope. The body needs hope. The body needs hope. You know, you know, faith is great. Love is the grace, but we also need hope. And God really wants to release hope again to His people where we begin to hope in God again, where we begin to have an expectation that God is going to move, that God is going to answer prayers, that God is going to do what God does. Because apart from hope, there's no faith, right? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you don't have hope today, forget faith. There's no faith, right? So the enemy goes after the hope so he can get you faith. So you can't, you know, and faith works through love. He's, if he gets you hope, you're disabled in the arena of faith and love. And so that's why he goes after it. Because if he can take your hope out, he's got you. Then you're a shell, you're walking around going through the motions. That's where the skeptical anointing comes into your life. Are y'all all right? Well, come on up here. I'm going to let Becky Davis. I actually want to get up here and help him preach. I'm just feeling all this stuff. If you've had skepticism on you, I want you to stand up right now. It's okay. I mean, we all are people, y'all. Yeah. I've had it on me. So I just felt like we just need to go after that right now. Okay, Ray, put your hand toward these people. They really need... See, what's happened is the hope. The enemy's gone after their hope. That's really exactly what has happened. So, Lord, right now we just pray, Lord, that you would just send help, Lord. Send the help. Send what's needed to restore hope, Lord, the joy of salvation, Lord. Lord, right now we ask you, Holy Spirit, 
Lord, you said you would take from the Father and from the Jesus, from Jesus and give us what the Father is saying right now, what Christ is saying. And we're asking you for fresh bread right now, fresh word, fresh revelation, Lord, to go into the hearts and minds of your people to restore hope. Open up the doorway of hope right now, Lord. And this skepticism would cease, would stop in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, just do your work. Spirit of truth, go in there, Lord, and just speak the truth. Deliver the truth package right now, Lord. What's true? What's true, Lord? Let their minds dwell on what is true, Lord God. What is the truth, Lord God? Let the truth prevail, Lord. Let that truth ring in there now, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just come against skepticism in the people of God right now. We break the commission of the enemy right now off of skeptics. We break the skepticism in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Here's a great scripture here. I don't know. Oh, it's NASB, but. You don't have that one, Denise. David gave me this. Better known as, better known in his family as Doug. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy, woo, yeah, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's just part of our spiritual inheritance. A living hope that God was really saying to us that we have access to a living hope. Oh, thank you for that. Living hope, Lord. Yeah. Well, let me just tell you about this rainbow thing. I guess I'll never get to Enoch, but that's all right. I want to tell you about the rainbow. The rainbow of hope. Let's read Genesis nine thirteen through 17. Let me tell you what happened to me. Everybody knows this is a great scripture, though. I don't think I've ever read this scripture in church. I don't think I've ever heard it read in church, actually. I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign, listen to this, of the covenant between me and the earth. Covenant. There's something to that. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow will be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh is on the earth. Isn't that amazing how he just repeated that? You think that God really wanted us to get that when he just said something and just said it again? I mean, and God said to Noah, this is a sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all the flesh that's on the earth. Well, rainbow, a rainbow, this is what a rainbow means. It means relationship. Okay? Now, if you remember last time I talked, I talked to you about your relationship with the Lord and about getting in the closet with the Lord and having a relationship with the Lord and having a walk with God. And that's what a rainbow, in the end, it represents God's covenant relationship towards me and you personally. I read. I wanted to read this that I got out of the the Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary. 
it's so easy now. You can just you can cut and paste it. <laughs> the word covenant means an agreement between two people or two groups that involves promises on the part of each to the other. The concept of covenant between God and His people is one of the most important theological truths of the Bible. Now, that's really the truth. A covenant in the biblical sense implies much more than a contract or simple agreement. A contract always has an end date, while a covenant is a permanent arrangement. Permanent arrangement. Another difference is that a contract generally involves only one part of a person, such as a skill, while a covenant covers a person's total being. In other words, God has made a covenant, a relationship covenant with us. Okay? He has totally given His total self to this covenant to have a relationship with people. Okay? And that's why it's a rainbow of hope. Is because we have this hope that we can have a relationship with the Lord. The Lord has coveted Himself to you and I. He's made a covenant. He didn't. He just didn't make a promise. He made a covenant, and He did it in His blood. And He said, "This is for you. I want to have an eternal relationship with you. And I've given myself to you for that relationship. My total self. You see, God has made His total self." accessible to us. Totally. And He has covered that with us. And see so what He's saying, you know, even though you're going to go through times in your life, and I'm, I was thinking about this, I was thinking about this this morning, about my Christian life. And like the one thing that we've always pursued as far as church is concerned, we've always pursued a move of God. Right from the time we were born again, because when we were born again, we were born in the Jesus movement. There was, when we got born again, there was a revival going on, and there were lots of young people being saved. A lot of you guys probably were around for that, or some of you. Some of your, your parents were. But we got saved in this move of God, got swept up into what God was doing in the earth. And it was amazing. A lot of young people came out of real promiscuous, like the, the uh, Woodstock, all that, Stuff that was going on, you know, the, the free love and people having sex out in the open in front of thousands of people and wallowing in the mud, you know. And a lot of people got saved out of that and brought into the kingdom. Hippies, long, you know, drugs, huge drug addicts, and, and, and got, we got saved out of that kind of stuff. Well, Becky never got involved in that stuff, but I did. She, she really didn't. She, she lived a pretty good life. I lived a terrible life. And God saved me out of that and brought me into this move that he was doing. And so we were involved in this move of God where the Holy Spirit was just moving like crazy. And we just thought, this is just the way it is and this is the way it will always be. But it came to an end for whatever reason. And we sort of didn't know what to do when it came to an end. We didn't know what to do with ourselves. And then there were other moves of God that have happened in the earth since then. Okay? And when, this is the way this church is, okay? When God is moving, we are at our best. We're on top because that's really what we're looking for. We're looking for God to move. We're not looking for you know, to be clever and do it well and strike the point and, you know, and all that stuff. I'm not looking for any of that. I don't want that. 
I want God to move. I want the manifest presence of the Lord. That's to me is more important than anything else there is. And so when we have that, we're on top of the world. We're on top of the wave. But when we don't have it, we're just out there in the water hoping there's going to be another wave. Okay? I just explained the DNA of this church to you and why we are. So sometimes we feel like we're on top of the world because we're on top of a wave of God. But when that wave goes away, guess what? I've learned one thing. I've, I've been on waves. They've come. They've gone. 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 But I'm telling you, there's more waves out there in that ocean coming in. I'm just telling you that right now. There's other waves coming. And you'll see more and more waves as time moves more and more towards the end. Bigger waves. And I'll tell you this right now. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. This becomes more and more important as time goes on. I didn't choose. I didn't choose this. I didn't choose to have that kind of heart. God chose me for it. God put me in it and said, this is who you are, Byron. This is what you're built for. I, it wasn't like I came up with that thought, like, this is how I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to compare how everybody's doing church, and I'm going to come up with this idea about the presence of the Lord and the waves of God and all that stuff. You know, God chose me for it. The DNA. It's the spiritual DNA. And see, what God is looking for, He's looking for people to be who He called them to be. I hope that you're sitting here today that you feel like, yes, that's what God's chosen me for. He's chosen me to be a part of a move of God. And when there's not a move, He's chosen me to get in the water and stay on my surfboard looking for that next wave. Because you know what happens with a lot of people? They get out of the water. They lose hope in what God's doing. They become the skeptics is what Becky was talking about. Where God has made a promise in the earth, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. I will. That is not a lie from God. I will pour out my spirit. All flesh. Everybody can indulge themselves in what I'm going to do. Everybody. And so what I believe that God is trying to do is, is you know, as he sifted people, you know, and exposed our thoughts and intentions of our hearts to us. Let us see what was really inside of us. So those things could be cared for and taken care of, dealt with in our hearts. It's serving us. All that has happened is meant to serve us. It's meant to help us, to help bring us into what God wants to do. Is any of this making sense? I mean, I hope it is. Let's see what time it is. Oh, I got 12 minutes. I'm wanting to help Byron preach too. But Beth, you know Bethany Hamilton? She was that girl that they made the movie Soul Surfer about. You know, she got one of her arms bitten off by a shark. Did you all see that movie? But her daddy tells her, he says, Bethany, all great surfers have a sixth sense. And here's what it is. When they're sitting out there in the ocean and it's flat, they can sense when the next swell is coming. Before you see it, before any of the other surfers know it, the great ones know. And so they're in the movie and in real life, because it's a true story, she's sitting at this world championship, or I don't know if it's a world championship, but a championship surfing match meet. And 
They're sitting out there, and she's got to get one more great ride. And all of a sudden, they're all sitting there, all the girls, and she starts paddling out with one arm. Sound familiar? How many people feel kind of one-armed right now? You're paddling out with one arm, and sure enough, here comes the wave of the day. On the very last ride, she remembers what her daddy told her. She remembers that her daddy said, Bethany, you were born with this. And she starts paddling out there, and sure enough, here comes the biggest wave, and she wins the championship. You know? Heart of a champion. Several years ago, I had a dream. I was in, I was in California on the beach, and uh, there was all these really great, cool surfer dudes. You know, they had blonde hair and, you know, tanned, and they could surf like a, like a real surfer. You know, and uh, I was out there in the water with them, and I didn't really have a clue what I was doing out there. You know, I was just on a surfboard. Like, I don't have a clue what I'm doing out here. And this great uh, wave came, and as it came, I saw it breaking. I saw all these really cool surfer boys, surfer boys and girls, and it, they were all getting wiped out. I mean, just like, you know how a wave starts breaking as it goes down, and you can see them all, and it came time for me for me to ride that wave. It came, and it started coming. So I got up and rode the biggest wave there ever was. And I was the only person on the beach who rode the wave. And as it rode, and it came in the, into the, to the shore, into the beach, I got off, and the television cameras were running towards me reporters with microphones tell us how you did this tell us how you did this and i said i don't really know i just got in the water <laughs> and when it came i just rode it that's all i know and then i woke up and that's what i felt like at the time we were in like a, a between the waves and the lord said just stay in the water byron that's all you got to do just stay in the water and you'll be all right just stay in the water and some of you've gotten out of the water you know, I mean, seriously, you've gotten out of the water. And God's calling you to get back in the water. Get your surfboard and get in that water. Even if there's no waves, you may look stupid, you may feel stupid. <laughs> because God's made a covenant promise with us. If God created you for something and built something into you, he will do what He said. He will fulfill His promises over your life. He really will. He'll fulfill them. Yeah, He's faithful. So, let me just pray for you. I didn't really mean to share any of this, by the way. <laughs> I'm glad I did. And if you notice, I didn't ask you if you was all right one time. I said, I'm not asking them that. I'm, I am going to ask them if they're getting it or something along that line. <laughs> but I just feel, this is the way I feel. I feel like the Holy Spirit's here right now. And I feel like He is trying to, to speak to people's hearts. I feel like He wants to do something for people this morning.
I feel like he wants to give people hope this morning. That's what I feel. I feel like he's saying, I want, to, I want you to hope again in me. I want you to become an expectant people again. To expect me to move, to expect me to do the things, the dreams, that the, the things that burns inside of you, the things that you know that God's put inside of you, that have frustrated you and that you've failed at and it's not worked. To let Him reform that, reshape that, make it look another way, but let it become come up in you again. So I want to just pray for you that the Lord would do that. So, Holy Spirit, we're, we're believing. We want to acknowledge you. We acknowledge your presence, Lord. Lord, thank you for the time in this theater. Thank you. Justin, the manager, uh, when we first came over here, he was really nice to us and really made us feel welcome here. And uh, we actually prayed for him. And he got, today's his last day. Right, Matthew? Today is his last day because he... He leaves tomorrow for Alabama. He got a promotion. With he's overseeing the whole deal, the whole thing. He's a manager, and so you know, somehow or another, that's God in all that. Because we told him when this was our last last Sunday, it was my last one too. And God answered the prayer over Justin's life, you know. And I think I don't know everything that God's tried to do in us. I just want, Lord, wake us up so we can not be so captured by things going on in the world, Lord, and so disappointed and so discouraged, God, that we can't even open our eyes and see the goodness of God in the land of the living and see that you've been with us, see that you've carried us, Lord, when we can't even carry ourselves. Lord, I ask you to release that to us, to give us a hope again. Lord, I pray the discouraged people this morning would find courage in Christ this morning. Lord, they would find the disappointment, would find the appointment in Jesus today. Father, just calls us, stir upon us, God. Stir our hearts, God. Stir, Lord. Lord, we'll never be satisfied for church as normal. We'll never be satisfied for an average Christian life, Lord. There's no such thing as average in you, Lord. Lord, you are excellent, and what you do is excellent. And, Lord, we want to step into the excellency of God, Lord, and we want to shake off this rabble and this rubble that has gotten on us. All the disappointment, all the problems, all the heartache, all the failure, all the death, Lord, all the sickness, God. Lord, we just want to shake all that away from us, Lord, today. And ask you, Father, to impart a new hope. Help us to see that rainbow of hope that you have promised us things, Lord. I ask you to do that, Lord, in Jesus' name.